Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivyandtracy.com. Tracy.com and it's sex talk S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi Tracy, how's it going? I'm good. I hope you're well too. I see you've had delivery hot from the press, literally, of your new anthology, which I already have, of course, with Kindle, by Kindle. Aww. Yes, moms don't have time to have kids out November 2nd. I got, yeah, I got to unbox it. My son was filling me. He's six years old. It was really cute. <laughs> Do you know what? When I first got my first ever book was called Hot Sex, as you know, and they knew how excited I was. And they sent me over by courier this box of, I think, eight copies or something. And I got them out of the box. And I put them on the floor and I was so excited. And in front of my eyes, the covers all just lifted and what? curled up. And I was like, what is that? What's going on? <laughs> and it was, it was because they were literally hot from the press and they packed them hot. They packed them too oh, hot, and so my they gosh. just lifted. And I had visions of all around the world, all these covers just lifting up in front of people's eyes. It was awful, but it was it's quite best, funny. It's like a sex trick. You like got your books to stand <laughs> your attention or something. That's really funny. It was ridiculous, but I yeah. So it was just a case they had, they literally had got them too hot off the press. Oh my! I didn't even know off. that was a thing. That's really yeah. funny. Well, that was 20 years ago, wasn't it? So it's a bloody long time ago. So they probably perfected that technique by now, I'd imagine. <laughs> Mine did not curl up. So, Okay, we have three really interesting questions today. And stay tuned because I think number three is my favorite. So make sure to keep listening. Okay, number one. Is it true that a red rash appears on the chest if she's had a real orgasm? Or is this old school thinking? I remember hearing that a lot when I was a young boy growing up, but I haven't heard anyone talking about it for a while. Another sex myth? Is there any way you can tell for sure? I'm getting paranoid my new girlfriend is faking it. Right, okay. Now, it is pretty much near on impossible to tell for sure whether a woman has had an orgasm or not. Now, this red flush does, is quite a good indicator and it does appear and disappear very quickly on the chest on the of the woman. And the second most reliable indicator is clitoral sensitivity immediately after orgasm. Now, out of those two, the operative word is indicator. It's not a sure sign, but I would say that clitoral sensitivity is much more reliable than the flush on the chest because I've actually got a mirror and had a look to see whether it happened to me and it didn't. So there you go, Zibby. I did it absolutely my own little test and it didn't work. If she's got strong, very strong pelvic floor muscle, sometimes during that orgasmic contraction, you can actually feel it. 
feel them squeezing around the penis, but she's got to have pretty strong muscles for that. So that's not another good sign at all, or another reliable sign. The only real way to tell is to ask her. And the only way to make sure she's not lying is to make it abundantly clear that it doesn't matter if she doesn't have an orgasm. Now, women fake it so often, most men wouldn't have a clue what's real and what's fake because it's happening to them all the time. They think it's not, but it is. And women do it because they don't want to hurt their partner. They don't want to look unsexy, you know, by not, you know, admitting that they don't orgasm during penetration. And often they fake it because they faked it for years and they don't know how to turn around and say, you know what, I've never had a real orgasm with you ever. This is what you'd need to do, but I can't turn around now and tell you. You know, women are in a real position. Now, this statistic I found so depressing. 77% of women find it easier to reach orgasm on their own, even when their partner is using the most reliable methods, which is tongue or fingers. I found that quite depressing, actually. And... Even who show, even women who show their partners what they need to get stimulated often cave in at the last moment and don't allow their partners to do it for long enough. Now, this is despite loads of studies saying that men are quite happy to be told what to do and men are quite happy to do it for longer than women think they want to do it for. So we all need to start speaking up and saying, look, this is what I need to orgasm. Not just that, like, yes, do, do this certain thrusting style, do this position, you know, I need oral, I need a vibrator or whatever, but just say how long for, because most guys think that five or ten minutes is, must be enough, because that's how long they take. Most women take about 20, so I'm digressing from the point a bit here, but women really do need to speak up. So for the guy who wrote in, I would say that just say to your, your girlfriend, look, I know you need clitoral stimulation to orgasm, so at least she knows that you're sexually savvy, but how best do you want it? Right? Do you want oral? Do you want this, that and the other? And then just say as you're doing it, is this right? How are you feeling? But don't go the other way because men sometimes if they're desperate for their partner to orgasm will get a bit too desperate in there. Well, what else can I do? You know, you don't want to be doing that. And I think then you do have to have a little conversation and say, look, I know that most women don't orgasm every time. Obviously, I want to make sex as pleasurable as possible for you. But I understand that, you know, you're not going to. So don't ever feel the need to fake it because it's not going to upset me. The more you relax, the more she'll relax and the more likely it is to happen. Why does the flesh happen anyway? Do you know? I think it's just, you know, all the blood. Well, I, I know why, because all an orgasm is, is blood engorged, you're all rushing to the genitals and engorging the genitals. So it leaves other parts of your body. And the euphoria is the blood releasing back into the system. That's the feeling of orgasm, which is bizarre, isn't it? And I suppose if it's rushing back into our system, then some of, the, some of our bits are going to go red. And I think your chest is one area that redness shows up. That's, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but that to me would be a logical explanation for I'm going to go with that. I'm going to just quote you on that for now on. <laughs> okay, you can. But like I said, I, I did my own experiment and my chest didn't go red. But I have looked down at other times and have seen it red. So I think it's a, an unreliable thing in that it probably happens sometimes and not others. Hmm. Okay. You have well, to do the experiments. I mean, you could probably ask your partner to check it out. Maybe. Yeah, but he's in the middle of it. Normally, you know, I mean, okay, you know, one, I, I, get I, most... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you far too Stop much. Stop right there. Question number no, two. I will. I will. 
Okay. My partner wants sex all the time to the point where I worry it's now an addiction. We have sex twice a day, but that's no longer enough. He's 34 and I'm 36. So this isn't just some horny adolescent who's just discovered how great sex is. If I deny him sex or refuse to have it a third or fourth time, third or fourth time a day, (laughs) he sulks and disappears off to the bathroom to take care of himself. On top of all the sex we have, I know he has extra orgasms solo as well. I'm starting to feel like a receptacle rather than someone he loves. There's no intimacy in our sex. It's all done to give him an orgasm. It's like he becomes another person. Is sex addiction even real? How do I handle this? He's always been sex mad, but not to this extreme. Gosh, I honestly felt exhausted when I read that. I thought, Christ, imagine like somebody making you feel like you have to have sex three or four times a day. Who's got time for that I was going to say, what, when, are they, when are they fitting that in? Anyway, well, maybe they're both working from home. Let's see. Now, uh, I'm sorry to say that I think this woman should worry because I think this guy ticks all the boxes for both addictive and compulsive behaviour. And sex addiction, like everything else, is just a kind of destructive twist on what's an otherwise enjoyable activity. I mean, it's officially defined as something that's all-consuming and destructive, an all-consuming destructive preoccupation with sex. It can include masturbating constantly. It can include seeing sex workers. It can include multiple affairs, having sex with strangers. Porn addiction, of course, fits into all of these boxes. But the really important bit is that it is not the type of activity and it's not the frequency that defines a sex addict. It's the relentless occupation with pursuing sex in spite of the damaging consequences. So, If you're sitting in a meeting and you're a guy and you spend the whole work meeting fantasising about getting fellatio from your work colleague over there, the pretty one, you know, that doesn't make you a sex addict, right? What makes you a sex addict is popping out of the meeting, calling a sex worker and saying, right, come to this building, meet me here, and getting the sex worker to service you in the office toilets during the coffee break. That is a sex addict, and people do do stuff like that. They will just take it to the extreme, right? They'll do anything to satisfy this insatiable urge. And the controversy over sex addiction isn't that people can get addicted to... well, addicted into the loose sense of the word, it's whether or not it's a compulsive behaviour or an addictive behaviour. Compulsive behaviour is urge. Addictive behaviour is need. And so lots of people are like saying, well, these are just people who can't keep it in their pants. They just give in to their urges. So, and other people say, no, there's good evidence actually that sex releases such powerful hormones that in fact, you know, you can become as addicted to them as a drug rush. And of course, like any other addictive behavior, you know, like drug addicts need more drugs. Well, to get that big release of powerful hormones, you need riskier and riskier sex to keep getting that high. So I do think that sex addiction is real. I think that most people use sex in, as any addiction as a bit of an anaesthetic. It's, it's generally people who have associated sex with comfort and an escape from a very harsh world. It's often sex addicts have often been abused as children. They've often been neglected. They often have parents who are also sex addicts. And so, you know, and the treatment, by the way, for sex addiction is pretty much the same as for AA, the 12-step plan. It's a lot of, you know, you got through today, let's look at why you're feeling like this and it's not helping and look at all the consequences. So it's that sort of thing. But uh, how to handle it? I mean, this this woman doesn't say how long she's been in that relationship. You don't say if you've had kids or anything like that. But I have to say addiction in a relationship 
is generally really bad news because it's got such a low success rate of curing. It really does. So, I mean, I would sit him down and say, look, this is what I've been noticing. This is what I've been feeling. I'm feeling like a receptacle, not like a partner, because if he loves you, that is so emotive and that sentence really stuck with me that surely he's going to take notice of it. And tell him that you've done some research into sex addiction and you think that actually he ticks a lot of the boxes. He might open up, he might, you know, just say, do you think there's anything in your past that maybe has led to this? Tread carefully, because if he has been sexually abused, he's going to be incredibly ashamed about all that and uncomfortable with it. But he might well open up and say, oh, my God, I've been feeling like this for years. Thank God someone's noticed. I need help. And I'm so glad that you've alerted me, you know, that you're, you've seen this. I'm, you know, somebody's seeing what's going on. Or he could react like most, most addicts and deny it, get angry and tell you it's all your problem. So he's going to go either way. Now, what is crucial here is does he think he has to change and does he think he has a problem? Because if he doesn't, on either count, you are fighting a losing battle. And quite frankly, I would walk away. You don't talk about walking away in the question. If it's impossible for you to walk away, maybe you could do something like say, listen, I think you need some time out here to really think about your behaviour. Can you go and get help and let's have another chat about it in a couple of months or a month? Or, But, uh, I mean, that's my summation of it. It's not looking good unless he can tell you that he's got a problem. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, I think my only add-on advice is and those are really difficult conversations to mm-hmm. have. Like so. anytime you, you address some sort of problem like that. So maybe opening it with a question like, do you ever feel like this is a problem? You know? Yeah. As opposed idea. to like, I'm having a huge problem with this and I'm going to leave this relationship really. Yeah. And and also, if he comes back with this is normal, you're just frigid, because frigid's such a word that men chuck out, which has not been even used for like about 20 years, 30 years, you know, tell him that no, that is not that that is not a normal amount of sex and not a usual amount of sex to have every single day. Unless you just met and you're 18, going, come on, you're not, you're 36 and 38, I think she said. So so don't have that thrown at you either. Interesting. Good luck though. Good luck. Yeah. Sorry about this situation mm. you're in here. <laughs> Yeah, Hang in there. it's not very nice. No. Okay, question number three. This is what I alluded to earlier. I just, this is a funny one. So I know lots of people will judge me on this, but I feel like you two won't. I'm very glad this person said this to us. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah, we are like not it. judging. We are welcoming of any types of questions. I am having a relationship with one of my son's friends. Let me reassure you, this isn't as icky as it sounds. My son is 26 and I had him very young. His friend is 28 and I'm 43. 
I've been single for a long time, and this all came out of an innocent friendship that developed between us. My son is aware we are friends and doesn't seem to mind that, but he has no idea we are now lovers. Am I crazy to think this might last? He says he's serious about me and wants a proper relationship. Should I believe him or assume it's just a sex thing? If it is just sex, am I better off not telling my son because it probably won't last long? Or should I confess anyway? We're doing a good job of hiding it, but it's getting harder and harder, and I would hate my son to find out before we told him. This is oh. like a novel, by the way. I would like to read a book about this. If anybody is interested, tricky, interested tricky in writing well. this novel, go ahead and send it to me. I think there probably has been novels done about this. If not, there should be, all right. <laughs> that could be your next book. I think this is an incredibly difficult and dangerous situation. And not for you, not for the woman who wrote it, because she sounds very level-headed about it and knows that it might work, might not. You know, So I, I think she'll survive this. But will the relationship with the son survive this? Because you could, it's going to, it could be potentially so damaging that her relationship with her son is never going to be the same again. Because even if he's the coolest man on the planet, he's going to feel excruciatingly uncomfortable at the thought of his mother having sex with one of his friends. I mean, the age gap is quite difficult for some people to come on board with, but it's really, really hard for kids with their parents because it's all about somebody being the same age as the child, and that is really disconcerting. So you're not just asking him to accept that. You're asking him to accept, like, not only, not only am I sleeping with someone of your age, I'm sleeping with your friend. I mean, it's just so much for him to take on. There's also the lying, and it's not a, a barefaced lie, but it's a lie by omission. So I think he would be thinking, well, why didn't I see it? You know, have they been talking about me? Have they been laughing behind my back? Because this has all been going on, I didn't know. And I think it's a bit like, you know, Zippy, if you've got a friendship group and two of the friends get together, and everybody's like, oh, this is amazing, oh, how wonderful. And secretly you all go home and you go, my God, that's so weird. Now I'm going to have to be, what did I say to him? What did I say to her? And, you know, you feel a bit hoodwinked by the whole thing, I think. And, I mean, if his friends find out he could be teased, they might start insulting, you know, you. He's going to be put in an awful situation. And, of course, his relationship with his friend will never be the same. That could be potentially damaged. And... On top of all this, no kid really wants to think about their parents having sex, let alone sex with a friend. So, I mean, are you on board with all this so far? I think that, you know, I... I, I think that the second she hooked up with the son's friend, she put her relationship with her son in serious jeopardy, mm. right? I mean, can't, like, hook up with your son's friend and not tell your... I, I mean, I think... Yeah. I don't know. I think that maybe she should have had a conversation with her son about it before the whole thing even happened or as yeah. it was like In an ideal world, yeah, that would have happened. In an ideal I mean, world, which of course is not always, you know, you don't no. always know. And she's 43. See, the thing is, I'm very pro-age gap relationships and I also think sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but if both of you uh, feel really strongly and you go in there with your eyes open, why not take the risk, you know? But here... There's a little bit more than just that at stake, isn't there? You've got the son's relationship. So, yes, in an ideal world, she would have sat down with the son before she had sex with the son's friend. That's the adult way to do it. No one ever does that. No one ever no, no. does that okay. because they know saying. it. So, it, you know, it's because they, she probably fought it and fought it and fought it and then you're they right, ended up right, both right. fighting it and no, then they're right. going to have a big right. snog one day and then it got further and you can so see how it happens. But this is what I think her choices are. I think she has two choices. Number one is to stop the relationship with the friend and just hope, like hell, he never confesses to the son, right? Number two is if you want to hang in there and continue it, you have to tell the son 
Because what's that saying? Better an upsetting confession than an accidental discovery of betrayal. Mm. Because he is going to find out. Of course he's going to find out. You won't be able to get along with it for away with it for any longer than you absolutely have. And what I would do is I would start writing down what you want to say to your son when you have this conversation and look at it over a period of days. Think through everything. What are you going to say? You know, why didn't you tell him? Why didn't you do as Zibby said and then talk to him beforehand? Have something to say about that. Is Do you love this guy? Is it just sex? What are you hoping will happen? What happens if he turns around and says, right, you've got to break this up immediately? What are you going to say then? You also need to talk to your lover because his relationship with the son, his friendship could be over because of this. And please, please, please don't do what they do in movies and both of you sit there together and do it. That is the most... The worst idea I've ever, ever heard of. Have you, Zibby? So how do you I think, think I agree, oh my that's God. like cringeworthy. So let's say she's ready to tell the son. You think she should mm -hmm. tell him, like sit him down in person or send it in an email or call him or what? In person, in person, in person. You can't do something like this by email or phone. No. <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, it's going to be really excruciating. He's going to be angry, disgusted, everything. But she has to look him in the eyes and say this. She has to. It's the only way she's ever going to get past it. He'll probably storm out the room, but then he'll process it. You'll have many conversations about this. Warn the lover, obviously, he has to be on board with this. And look, your son might be a perfectly reasonable person and, and you know, he might end up, you might end up together forever with this guy and, you know, you'll all get on really well. Who knows? But, you know, it's such a difficult situation and... I think expect the worst, and if you get anything better than that, be happy about it. But I certainly, 150 billion percent, please don't continue it and let the son find out. That is going to be the worst possible scenario, and he will totally find agree. out. I totally agree. Yeah, whoever wrote we'll this in, send us a PS. I would love to hear what you end up doing and uh, how it went. It is unfortunate because, you know, they, they always say we can't pick who we fall in love with. In actual fact, you can, because there is always a moment before you do anything where you think this is going to be a really, this could change my life. This is probably not a very good idea. There is always that moment where you are conscious of stepping over. And so you have stepped over that. So, but I mean, and I totally get it. I totally see how these things happen. I'm not saying I don't understand it. And like I said, he could be the love of your life and it might all be worth it, but just... If ever anyone else out there is tempted, just just try and stop the lust for a little bit and just think logically <laughs> because it could end up in disaster, this, couldn't it? Wow. Okay. Well, right. sex tip of the week. That woman, she's probably thinking, I thought I could trust you to. Well, we didn't judge. We're not we're judging. Nice. We're just saying, yeah, we're not judging at all. We're just saying, gosh. We're concerned you know. on her behalf. Yeah, I am really concerned on everybody's behalf. Yeah, yes, really. everyone's behalf and the sun and everything. You know. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Sex tip. Sex tip. We're up to the sex tip. All right. My sex tip this week is that trade-offs don't always work. Now, if you've got very different sex styles, it's very common for couples to go, right, okay, well, I like romantic sex and you like wild sex. So one time we're going to have romantic sex and another time we're going to have wild sex. And people think they're really smart for coming up with this. But what happens, of course, is when it's your turn, you're like, great, this is going to be fantastic, and you're all into it. When it's their turn, you're like, oh, God, I've got to have wild sex tonight, and I don't want it. So you sort of half-heartedly do it, very lukewarm sort of engagement. And when it's 
their turn, they're like that with you. So when it's your, you know what I'm saying? So it often doesn't work like that. So you're much better off trying to find middle ground or even having a little bit of each person's style within the same sex session. It seems to work a lot better long term. So just a little hint there. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Okay, so quite traumatic day, I think, today with the, with the last question, because it's sort of, it is, it's, I mean, life is stranger than fiction, isn't it? It's true. How I love these out. questions, though. Lots of things to think about. Yeah, usually. absolutely. They are good questions. So bring them on. The bring more them on. More questions, questions on sextalkpod.com. <laughs> Anytime. All right, Tracy, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. I'm off to Rome now, so oh. I'll see you next week. Oh. I mean, to Rome. How lovely. Oh, my gosh. How fun. I'm off to school pickup, which is not as lovely. Okay. <laughs> You're always going to exotic places. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out, too. Thanks again. 